What's up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horton. This is this is the NWA, the show celebrating the past, present, future, history, legacy, and tradition of the greatest pro wrestling entity of all time. We're talking about the National Wrestling Alliance, and we're just now coming off the what some in the industry might call the go home show for the pay per view mm-hmm. with Shadows Fall. Coming to you on June the 6th, and now we know a little bit more detail about that. We've got a main event. There's a world title match happening at this thing, and that's going to sell I mean, that's gonna sell me on the whole thing right now because i got to see this happen. Storybook ending, possibly, on June 6th for one of the uh, great careers for a professional wrestler. H- hitting the pinnacle, the, the ultimate achievement in pro wrestling, which should be just getting a title match, but... Also, possibly winning the world title, but we'll get to that in just a second. First of all, let me show you my uh, my buddies. There's a uh, there's Will over to my left, your right. Hey, Will. Hey, buddy. And there's also the already disturbed Doctor Robert says said hello, Doc. I just man, it's like you come up here in this jovial mood, like you didn't just witness what I witnessed. You know, uh, I thought it was a really good episode of NWA Power. Uh, definitely one of the more solid, if not the most solid episodes of the year so far. I was uh, pretty impressed. Just a lot of good action, a lot of good matches, just right there in the middle of the ring. Just some good, good battles took place right before. Oh, I, I, I don't I, know why I'm you could be upset. I'm 100% certain that you and Joe Galley and the Pope think this was the most solid show. I'm 100% certain that you believe that. But I'm not going to oh. get too far ahead. Okay, well... um. Well, did you did you not like the episode? Are you as upset I, as Doc? I, I did. I loved it. I thought it was top to bottom, one of the best shows of the season so far. And uh, if I wasn't already, you know, super stoked about the pay per view on June sixth, I would have been after tonight. So, yeah, I can't wait to to dive into it because we got a lot to talk about. Well, all right, I can't wait to jump into it with you guys as well. Uh, just for those of you who might not be familiar with us we uh come from a show called this is pro wrestling this is a little spinoff show called this is the nwa and uh we're happy to represent the NWA, nwa although up front you know just like at the uh disclaimer said our opinions are our own and you'll need to know that now because doc be saying some stuff but just uh wanted to get that out of the way you can check us out over at youtube.com slash this is pro wrestling at tipw show on all of the stuff we'd love to have you subscribe to the youtube or just the podcast or both would be amazing uh and you can see our own personal handles here but today we're talking about the nwa so we're gonna dive right in this episode of nwa power opens up with joe galley and velvet sky tim storm is on assignment he needs to be in the GPB studios where Tim Storm needs to be because I, I miss him. But suitable replacement tonight, I would say. The Pope joins commentary, and uh, by God, he is just on fire. Pope is pimping, some might say, and uh, he did he did a great job tonight. Uh, they throw over to Kyle Davis, who welcomes Kratos and Aaron Stevens. Aaron Stevens again elaborates. What we've what we've discussed many times on this show that Kratos is a mercenary. He knew what he was doing. He he hired Kratos to come in, and uh, he just wants to do it the right way. He knows what he does. Kratos says nothing. Kratos doesn't talk that much. So uh, the men head to the ring. The War Kings come out, and we've got our first 
big contest. We've got a tag team title match, and uh, this is a, a battle, just a epic back and forth. Uh, obviously, some inconsistency still between uh, Kratos and Aaron Stevens, and Kratos immediately tags himself in, says he's there trying to win this thing. Uh, he wants Jax. Jax wants him. And we got a Haas fight starting this thing off. And uh, and as it goes, the War Kings, uh, completely opposite of how Kratos and Stevens are handling this thing. These guys are on the same page. We're finally seeing them click on all cylinders. They're tagging in and out, working some power moves. They are just killing it. And uh, it's a solid match all the way around. All four men look amazing. Uh, until uh, a mystery masked man appears at ringside, punching Crimson. It looked like he might have had a loaded fist, and uh, it cost the War Kings the tag team titles. Uh, they they unfortunately uh, lose their number one contendership here, I guess, and uh, Stevens and Kratos somehow still make it out as tag team champions, even though they look like they're still not completely on the same page, even as they are walking out. Aaron looks confused. Kratos looks, he looks fine. Um, so, uh, Fellas, Will, I'll throw it to you first. I, I talked about a lot right up there up top and just pushing us through there. What do you think of all of this? Uh, well, I mean, you know, I, I'll say what we're all thinking. I hate that um, the finish had to be tainted by some outside interference unseen by the official. And I feel like that, you know, I, I'm happy that we actually had a tag team title match this time, that the, the opponents actually showed up. And I'm excited for what we got to see, um, you know, and I'll reiterate what I've said in weeks past. I mean, we've got two teams in this match that uh, their their unity uh, over this season of power has been questionable. Um, and you're exactly right. We saw kind of the tale of two teams here tonight. We saw Stevens and Kratos who you know, they hold the gold and you can tell uh, each of them wants to hold on to those titles and they want to do whatever it takes within within the squared circle to make sure that they keep those titles. Now, whether or not they're on the same page standing at the podium, you know, I don't think that matters at the end of the day. Um, but and then you got the workings who uh, haven't really had any direct conflict or confrontation or anything. It's just been kind of weird between them. And, and I'm not sure, you know, we've had some matches with them that uh, had some screwy things going on. So there's just a lot of, a lot of questions about both of these teams uh, kind of hanging over our heads, but, you know, I mean, the match, what we got to see was great. And, um, you know, it, it was really a toss up. I mean, all throughout, I mean, despite Kratos and Stevens, um, you know, not being on the same page at the podium, they were, you know, they came to fight, uh, which is the name of the game in pro wrestling. So um, they were getting it done in the ring. And then, as you said, I mean, this mystery masked uh, man in an NWA hoodie comes out and uh, punches Crimson. And that's that. So uh, the champs retain. And uh, at the end of the day, that's that's how it went down. So. Yeah. Yeah. They're uh, um this is this is as close a reflection of the War Kings of old that we've seen yet, and they look phenomenal. In fact, I, I from my take, it looked like they pretty much dominated most of the match, and then there just seems to be this stigma hanging over them right now. Whether it's lack of uh, cohesion between them or the 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 masked individual that came out, very surprising. There's just a stigma there that that that's you know very peculiar. Uh, I do want to point out that. Uh, Aaron Stevens never ceases to impress me as a professional. 
You know, when he lost the, his, his world championship title match against Nick Aldis at Back for the Attack, he never cried over spilt milk. He didn't make excuses. He picked up, brushed himself off, continued on uh, about the business of defending those tag team titles. And uh, when he came out today at the broadcast booth with Kyle Davis, he said everything I've been saying the whole time, that they don't have to be buddies. That's not essential. They don't have to have summer parties and go to em- and, and share the embroidery hobby and do jigsaw puzzles together to be effective as tag team champs. All they have to do is retain. And at the end of the day, for, for good or ill, or whatever stigma is at play, they retain, they walk out. The mercenary is still doing his job. This team looks good as well. They're going to be about, champs for a long time, guys. What about Tiddlyweeks? Think they'll play those? Yeah, you, you don't. Those I mean, they could, but you don't have to. It's not. It's not mandatory. That's my point. You don't have to do all that stuff to be a functioning. T- all you got to do is maintain the gold, which is exactly what they're doing. Aaron Stevens said that much. I, he doesn't have to like me. That's irrelevant to this. He has to do a job that I paid him to do, and that is walk out with the gold night after night. And they continue to do that. Well, I mean, we like don't to do point jigsaw it. puzzles together. So that's true. That's a good point. Um, people like Eric Dale and Dave Scooby in the chat pointing out they think it was Slice Boogie under that mask. Now, I have no evidence either way on that. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, there, there are some suspicions. Apparently, the live chat on Fight also thought the same thing. I mean, he has been in the workings business of late, so I suppose he would be a uh, prime suspect in this instance. Uh, yeah, I mean he's had, he's definitely had a feud with Jax Dane. I don't know why he would go directly after Crimson unless you know that that's evolved into just an overall disdain for the the team as a whole. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever know. But that's that's a good theory. Yeah. Um. So the live chat, I should point out, we're grateful for each and every one of you for being here. Thanks for hanging out with us as always. And we want to know your thoughts. So keep throwing them out there. And we want to bring them up throughout the show. And especially at the end, we're going to talk to you guys because we got a pay-per-view to talk about tonight. When Our Shadows Fall, June 6th. So don't forget that. If you haven't already, you can order that right now on Fight TV. It's, it's available, ready to go for you. And if you're not subscribed to the NWA, then honey, what are you doing anyway? Just get over there and subscribe. Just do yourself a favor. That's what you're supposed to do. If you really love the NWA and you loved it on YouTube, I swear you'll love it even more on Fight TV. It'll be great. All right, so let's check out uh, the next segment. Is uh, Aldis is out, and he's talking to Kyle. And uh, Kyle uh, immediately comes at him asking about the uh, pulling the tag team, you know, Latimer and Adonis out of the tag team match up front of the last show, and Aldis... You know, obviously, Doc could understand. It gets gets all of us fired up right off the bat. He's just saying everybody's looking for clickbait. Uh, he never pulled anybody. He didn't make any choices. He just offered a suggestion, and they happened to take him up on it. Um, all this picks on the clickbait websites that keep saying he's shooting on this or that. He, they're all playing checkers while he's playing chess is essentially what he's saying. He is the puppet master, and when he pulls the strings – People dance, and I guess it's worth pointing out that Kyle does, in fact, dance here, uh, for better or worse. That does happen. And uh, anyway, Aldis says, besides all of this, he is a star maker as well, and he is going to show the world that tonight when he takes on Matty Mims in the middle of the ring in an exhibition match, one of the new up-and-comers in the NWA. So I was pretty excited about that. But uh, anyway, uh, he also... Mitch is not knowing much about the Battle Royals. And uh, Kyle 
gives us a little spoiler for the battle royal lists off some names and one of those names is trevor murdoch and uh Nick Aldis is unhappy about that as well. And he seems, seems like he did not know that for a guy who is the puppet master, but that out of the way. Uh, Nick Aldis does go in the ring with Matt Mibbs. Uh, Matthew Mibbs is a great wrestler. Good to see him, but he is a rookie. And unfortunately, you're in there one-on-one with the world's heavyweight champion. I just thought I'd go ahead and get to this point too. He tries. Uh, he does. He, he holds his own for a little bit, but just unfortunately not enough for Nick Aldis. And Nick Aldis takes him down, and uh, you know probably could have taken him down sooner based on some of the things that were going on in there. But it, it ends up strapping on that Kingsley Cloverleaf for the tap out victory. Doc, it's your boy. So I'm going to toss to you first. Let's talk about that podium segment, puppeteering, uh, and, and that matchup with Vince. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, what what's to what's to add? I mean, I think the uh, uh, the champ articulates himself uh, appropriately and 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 competently. He doesn't need me to add uh, to or embellish on anything that he says. He's absolutely right. Everybody's playing checkers. He's playing chess. Um, uh, everybody's pay, playing tiddlywinks, and he's now he's playing uh, retromania. You know what I mean? He's he's eons above all these jokers. So uh, I did want to point out that you know. They keep wanting to go back to this doggone tag team title thing like you want to do every week, Gary. Uh, and he's sitting here saying, look, I'm here out here trying to be generous. I'm a star maker. Let's not forget that this is a goodwill ambassador for the NWA. He's consistently delivering stars uh, to the profession. This is a guy who made Ricky Starks, who made Lance Archer, who made Brian Cage. At every turn, he's making somebody. And tonight he gave uh, Matty Mims that chance uh, to be made. But I also want to point out at the same token, that anytime there's a star to be made, there's also an illusion to be broken. Not only is he the star maker, he's also the illusion breaker. And uh, that's what he did tonight. Matthew Mims, I'm sure, grew up thinking uh, visions of grandeur. And, and uh, I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to hold that championship. Maybe you will, but not as long as this guy's walking around and he's able. Uh, because tonight, he just got a clinic from the best in the world at the clinic. I mean, we're talking about the professor himself, the dealer, the chess master. Showing why he is, uh, for 948 days, the world's heavyweight champion. Nay, nay, nay. The real world's heavyweight champion, holding the only trophy that matters. I tell you what, Will, if uh, bullcrap could fly, Doc would be a hot air balloon right now. He is just, he is something else, man. I don't know. I Listen, I, I brought it up one time. That was last week, and I brought it up again this time, so I guess two times, but I'm just saying, you say every week. I mean, he just did it last week. But anyway, Will, what do you think about all of this? Yeah, um, well, I'm going to skip over uh, for now the uh, you know talk about the tag team match and constantly alluding to that like we apparently do, and because we're going to get to that at the end and see how well that worked out for everyone. Uh and how that went for business. Um, but uh, for this particular segment, I mean, it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to argue with anything the champ says, love him or hate him. He, he is a fighting champion. He speaks the truth. He's confident. Um, some may call it cocky. Some may call it confident, you know, to each their own. But I think when the champ speaks, uh, he does so with, with confidence and he came out and again, nothing he said was, was wrong necessarily. The one thing that stuck out to me about this segment was how taken aback he was to find out 
that Trevor Murdoch was in this battle royal. I mean, we know he wasn't happy that there was a battle royal to begin with and that this was how a number one contender was going to be decided. Um, but it just kind of hit me a little weird that, you know, after going on about being the puppet master, that would give the impression that you are pulling the strings, right? Literally, that's what the puppet master does. Um, and then to be immediately blindsided with uh, a piece of news you don't know um, that understandably set off the champ. And uh, I love Mims. I think he's got a bright future. Um, Gary, you've interviewed him. Um, so if you guys want to learn more about him, go check out the uh, Mims interview over on our channel. Um, but man, poor timing for him, dude. I mean, if you're going to fight Nick Aldis one-on-one -on -one in just a regular neutral setting, uh, that's bad enough. But right after the champ receives some bad news that elevates his competitive nature and his his anger, um, that was just not good for Matthew Mims. So uh, unfortunately, he he kind of caught the the bad end of that. Um, after Galley caught the bad end of that, it seemed like uh, the champ was really preoccupied with yelling at Joe Galley for some reason over at ringside. I know that they're not best friends, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the champ got in the ring and ultimately, despite the circumstances, showed us why he's the champ and um, put that Kingsland Cloverleaf on and Matty Mims tapped out almost immediately. So, I mean, the champ still got it. Don't take him lightly. Um, but yeah, lots coming up for June 6th. So, and we'll get to that at the end of the show. But yeah, couldn't agree more. It's a, it's an exciting time. And, and and Doc, just so I'm being completely fair, let me let me just say that it was good to see Aldis back this week after we didn't see uh, much out of him last week. And then um, he he was definitely on tonight. Like he he had something, especially when he walked out to that podium. There was just something fired up inside of him, and like he just he he looked ready to go. So uh, it was good seeing that side of the champ. And uh, just seeing him, it was, it was good to have him back. I'll say that. All right. The uh, next thing that we get here is a nice video package put together to show you some of the history between Camille and Rosa, uh, Thunder Rosa, I should say. And then we get these two ladies one-on-one. -on -one. Um, this is a 20-minute time limit match, and they use every single minute of it. Back and forth, great wrestling match. Thunder used the skill uh, that she possesses in technical wrestling, uh, taking Camille down a lot of the time during the match. I don't think Camille's ever been put in this situation before where she's forced to grapple and mat wrestle there. Uh, pretty interesting strategy from Thunder Rosa, I thought. It, just a brutal back and forth the entire time. Everything uh, going on in this matchup, I mean, in and out of the ring, these ladies went all over the place. Even a censored segment was in the match, and I don't know what was going on there. But uh, props to these ladies, I have to say. Uh, even with the interference with Melina, Camille lays her out. It's still not enough. Thunder Rosa tries everything to tap Camille out in this matchup and just can't get it done. Camille outpowering Rosa throughout and just can't put her down. And we end up with a time limit draw in this one. What that means for these two ladies and their stipulations, I don't know. We haven't heard yet from the NWA uh, office, but I'm sure we'll find out soon enough. But these ladies took each other to the limit and looked like both of them still had more to give. So they, they probably need like an Ironman match or something. I don't know. But anyway, I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there right now. Will I think this might be 
the uh, number one match so far in NWA in 2021? Uh, that's hard to argue with for sure. I mean, I mean, this match I think was indicative of, of everything that has happened between these two ladies over the past few months. I mean, since back for the attack, when they clashed for the first time and everything that's happened ever since it's, it's been unfinished business. Both of these ladies are, uh, on fire. I mean, in their own right. And they are completely different styles. And we saw that in this match. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, you've got this, this trained grappler, uh, you know, fighter like Thunder Rosa, and you've got the powerhouse uh, Camille. And how is this going to pan out? And it, I mean, a time limit draw. I mean, it's, it's almost poetic because that's how, honestly, when you stack them up and when you think about it logically, it's hard to come to a conclusion of, of who should come out on top because, you know, power can only get you so far against a fighter like Thunder Rosa and, and a fighter like Thunder Rosa can only go so far against a powerhouse like Camille. So, I mean, you know, a time limit draw again is, you know, completely accurate of, of how this has gone so far. I mean, like we've been saying every week, I hope we get some kind of resolution and uh, I hope we get some kind of word from, from the NWA about the next and potentially final chapter uh, of this rivalry, some kind of way to, to have a definitive winner of this whole thing. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, despite being a, a time limit draw, it's hard to argue this was, was match of the year so far in NWA. Uh, and I mean, we may we we may not get resolution on this. And you think about the the Dusty Flair rivalry that that was a protracted rivalry that went on for years and years and years and years. And you've got two athletes that have different sets of skills that seem to more or less even each other out. I did want to point out though, just for the record, that at no point did a, mem- a member of Strictly Business come to the ring and try to in any way influence the outcome. It was Melina that was coming to the ring to do the influencing. So just point that out. Camille was out there waging war against half the doggone roster and still managed to draw probably should have come out on top, but uh, my hats off to both of these women. Phenomenal job. I could argue that this uh, is definitely one of the, the, the greatest matches in the, um, in the this iteration of power since back for the attack and uh, I was very pleased with it I was pumped the whole time and nothing but intensity ferocity uh, and physicality good job standing standing ovation from the dock for this match for both of these two ladies beautiful glad we are all on the same page it's nice to have every once in a while on this show so uh, props to Thunder Rosa and Camille you guys tore it down tonight it was outstanding and uh, man I'm already ready to see them go again um, I can't wait to see see how this is. Re- uh, you know, like you said, we may not even get a rev- resolution really out of that. But uh, I, I'm sure that Thunder's still going to think that she has a claim to um, a number one contendership, even though she didn't get the complete victory here. Neither did Camille. But we'll find out soon enough, I'm sure. Um, next up, we got uh, the Battle Royal. It was our main event. And so... I'm glad we got here this quickly so we could talk about this. I think there's going to be plenty to discuss. First of all, not a 14-man battle royal. I think at one point somebody counted like 16 people in there, at some, at, I think. But uh, uh, Doc says no. But uh, I don't know. 
Oh no, I'm just pointing out that that you know your your observation just just illustrates how much the fix is on in this situation. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, uh, luckily, Nick Aldis took a front row seat there at the podium alongside Austin Idol on commentary with Joe Galley, and uh, they, uh, as as Aldis put it, to uh, watch this lotto draw. And uh, so we get the match, and uh, the last two minutes as we come in, a lot of people are already in the ring, but we get to see Tyrus enter. Big, bad Tyrus, uh, who is going to be tough to, to beat it, definitely in a battle royal situation. And also, Chris Adonis enters the fray. And as Galley, I swear, some people say they didn't hear it. I know that I heard this. They announced, Nick Aldis says that this is about doing something for the team. He has relinquished the NWA National Championship to enter this battle royal. And that, you know, what in the world? But okay. So the uh, the match happens. There's a lot to discuss. I don't mean, I don't even know where we where we start here. I mean, you got uh, some funny business there with, between Slice Boogie Crimson and uh, Jack Stane at some point. Uh, there's uh, interaction with, uh, well, the Pope actually comes out and uh, costs Tyrus the match. Should also point out, I guess, I, I wasn't aware of this either, but apparently NWA has special battle royal rules where you don't have to go over the top rope to be eliminated and just one foot hits the floor. You're out. No matter how it gets there, if your foot touches the floor, you're done. So a uh, little bit different than what you may be used to as far as battle royals go. And uh, so anyway, uh, down to the wire here, Trevor Murdoch is left in the ring, of course, as, it, as fate would have it, with Tom Latimer and Chris Adonis taking on both men at once. But all it takes is one slip up and a guy like Trevor Murdoch is going to take full advantage. And he ends up getting Tom Latimer knocked out of the ring, quickly followed by Chris Adonis. Trevor Murdoch has won your battle royal and is the number one contender for the real world's heavyweight championship. Aldis naturally unhappy with this scenario and ends up jumping in the ring to attack Trevor Murdoch from behind. Not very sportsmanlike, but we'll let that fly uh, because Trevor Murdoch turns it around on him and uh, gives the champ back some of his own medicine. Ends up hitting that flying bulldog off the top and Trevor Murdoch victorious. and. Uh, I guess we'll just go ahead and say he also goes out to the podium and delivers an amazing speech about uh, this opportunity he's been granted here in the NWA. And he tells Aldis, you've got till June 6th, and I'm coming for that title. So, uh, Doc, let's have it. There are so many things to unpack in this situation. I don't even know where to begin. Let's just, let's just start at the top with the blockbuster news that uh, Chris Adonis had uh, had vacated the national championship to be a part of this match. And I'm already seeing what's going on in the Twitterverse and on the Instagrams and the MySpaces and all that stuff about, oh, this is, this is obviously connivance on the part of Strictly Business. Go back to what the champ was trying to explain to you last week, Gary, when he said very clearly that when he's representing the National Wrestling Alliance and defending that crown, he wants only – the top most deserving contenders. And in the, since the foundations of the world, who has been the number one contender to the world's championship? Gary, that's a question. That's not a rhetorical question. Okay. Just making sure uh, who, that is, the, who is the national champion? Say the what? 
the national champion. And so now what we've done is through, through the prudence and the connivance and the obstruction and collusion of Joe Galley, of the Pope, evidently, and President William Patrick Corgan, we're going to change the rules midstream and say, no, we're not long. We're going to let the national champion, the most deserving uh, contender, uh, the number one contender, get a shot, the shot that he deserves. We're going to throw it up to a crapshoot. We're going to uh, put it, uh, at, you know, to a, a game of roulette, a, a game of chance. And uh, and so what does Chris Adonis do? Strictly business. The chess master, Nick Aldis, always one step ahead. Chris Adonis has already established himself as the number one contender. Already done it. And so out of a show of loyalty, not necessarily loyalty to strictly business, although that's there too. We've got a lot of centerliciousness going on uh, uh, in that situation. But he vacates the title and enters himself in so that the true number one contender Chris Adonis has a chance to emerge and retain the integrity of the challenge for the championship. That's exactly what happened. And that there, there's nothing more to it than that. Um, if you're not going to give me my just desserts and you're not going to let me earn my shot by virtue of the title that I hold, well, fine, then I'll pass it off so that now I can enter this battle royal and earn the chance to, to, to get what I deserve. And that's what uh, Aldis was referring to. It very eloquently stated it, very clearly stated it. Uh, did it play out that way? No, and it did not because of another set of subterfuge and collusion going on, obviously, uh, with uh, the Pope entering into this and asserting himself into uh, an already peculiar and unfortunate situation. So, Will, you look like you had to say something. Oh, I just had a question um, because, you know, I'm trying to follow your your train of thought here. Um and I always give you the benefit of the doubt, Rob. You know I love you, right? First of all, I love oh, you. Here we go. All right. Here we go. Second of all, letter B is last week when when the champ was on here, he said several times to Gary that at any point Chris Adonis could have submitted a challenge, right? Like he has the national title. He could have submitted a challenge. So – it's really not the NWA's fault that he didn't get a shot. He could have done, I mean, he could have gone back a month ago and input, you know, sent an email and said, I challenge or how, whatever that process looks like that, that the champ was outlining for us last week. And that could have been the match that we got, but he didn't do that. So we're almost right. in this situation because he didn't take advantage of, of his will. position. Will, 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 yeah, will. No, not. Hey. Okay. Because, that normally in a perfect world, in a world where rational minds prevail, you would, what you said would be completely correct, right? Except what did the NWA do? Somehow out of freaking, I don't know what la-la land we're coming from. They just, they dream up, hey, I got a great idea. Let's put a battle royal together to establish a number one contender and therefore short circuit the, nat the natural process of things. And maybe had that not been in play, maybe Chris Adonis would. But I think the, the reason that Chris Adonis did, that, that, uh, did this, whether he's going to challenge or not, that's up to him, you know, as the number one contender. The point is the way the NWA, the NWA was going about it was incorrect. It was inappropriate. And uh, this was an effort on the part of Strictly Business to protect the integrity of the championship and therefore the integrity of the company. Nothing more. That's all, guys. So to protect the integrity of the championship, Nick Aldis 
in his infinite wisdom, I mean, I, he obviously is the real world heavyweight championship. He has now cost strictly business the tag team titles potentially and the national championship. Uh, I just, has he played no, chess before? No, 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 no. Has he? I'm just curious. Like oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Uh-oh. I mean, I get if, it. He's playing chess, it, but is he good at chess? If it were not, if it were not for the Pope tonight, very likely either Tom Latimer or Chris Adonis would have that title shot. Very what likely. Are you talking Since about let, the Pope? Why are you putting this on the Pope? Yeah, yeah. Because Unpack that for us. I don't know. You you weren't watching. What, you don't from see what I saw, pulled, Tyrus. Exactly, but from what I, I saw, to do after Tyrus got pulled out, after Tyrus got pulled out, we had a two-on-one handicap match going on with Chris Adonis and Tom Latimer versus Trevor Murdoch, and it didn't pan out in strictly business's favor. Obviously, so how obviously, they were doing, they they were doing high fives. They were just like they were having the time of their lives until they were. Well, it looked to me like they were very bewildered by what the Pope had just done, and it was a, that it's shaken up the game plan, and oh. so. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever. Say what you want to say. You're obviously going to. Oh. I mean, I just uh, that's not computing with me. You, you want to talk about logical, rational the bottom universes line, and there things should happening. Never have been just, a battle royal. There should never have been well, a battle royal in the well, first place, Will. That's and that's and, bes that's besides the point. But the but the fact of the matter is, it was a battle royal, and in response to there being a battle royal, we had a tag team championship match that didn't happen. For strictly business, we had the national championship being vacated by a member of strictly business, and it didn't pan out in their favor in the end. So, whether or not the battle royal was the best way to go about it, you got to agree that their approach to it did not work out in their favor. And it might not have been the smartest well, thing to do because you've got you've got Chris Adonis, Tom Latimer, and and uh, Nick Aldis versus the world. Okay, you've got the deck stacked. The fix is in, guys. The fix is in. But I'm gonna tell you what. June At 6th, what point? Which, Tom well, hold Latimer. on now, Gary. Don't 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 you dare interrupt me. June sixth, at when our shadows fall, at the end of the night, regardless of how the deck is stacked, we will all still be saying on day 460, or excuse me, 960 of the greatest reign of our lifetime, we will still be saying hashtag. And still, and by the way, you may purchase this shirt at Pro Wrestling Tees. Just go to the Nick Aldis website. So it's a, it's at what point shirt. did it feel like the deck was stacked against Nick Aldis when Tom Latimer and Chris Adonis had Trevor Murdoch two on one? That's that's the part I'm not getting. And and you're blaming it on the Pope. And it's just I think you need to go back and rewatch the last three, four episodes of Power. If you're asking me that question, and obviously while power is on, you're out there on Facebook or MySpace or whatever you do over there on your computer behind your screen, going on your going on your Twitter rants and stuff like that and your clickbait. He was talking about you by the way, Gary, in case you didn't know. Yeah. I got okay. that vibe too. <laughs> uh, Sorry, Gary. <laughs> well, let, let's talk. Uh, let's let's go to the uh, the Trevor Murdoch statement from the podium. Uh, gave a little bit of a talk about Harley Race and uh, just the emotion really hitting him. You could you could feel it. And uh, talking about he's got a chance to be the the world's heavyweight champion. He wished Harley was here to see it. And uh, you know, again, Nick Aldis, you got till June six. All of that nine sixty feels like a good round number uh, to. 
wrap up a rain on. I mean, if you're gonna, I mean, oh you know. Okay, now you had to just poop, didn't you? There you go. There you go. Cross the line. Well, this was back up. You back are up. a habitual line crosser. I'm not. I'm not trying to start a fight. Let's do this. You can't tell me, Doc, that you didn't watch that Trevor Murdoch uh, comment or his his speech and not feel something deep inside, like just hear the man talk about it, and you believed him. No one has ever said that that Trevor Murdoch is not a courageous warrior. That he's not a that it's not an able um, uh, athlete and professional in this ring. What what Nick Aldis has said is he's not the kind of man that represents the company at the top level. When you occupy that championship, it's like holding public office. You've got to be able to be a diplomat, a statesman. You've got to be able to represent and carry a company through a global pandemic. And right now, there's only one man alive that can do that, and that's Nick Aldis. Okay, he's not making a personal insult towards the man, like you know, like he's some kind of like he's not worthy of being in any kind of ring or anything like that. But you know what? I love Harley Race. I love Dory Funk Jr. I mean, I've learned a lot not not being trained or anything, but I've learned a lot watching them through the careers. But that does not make me and qualify me to be uh, the office holder of the greatest championship and greatest prize in the in the one true sport. You know, being emotionally, and again, here we go, the emotion. I love Trevor Murdoch. I was, I was touched. I was, you know, I couldn't, I even told Gary, we were sitting there watching. I was like, man, that got me when he said, I wish Harley was here to see that. It did get me. I'm not going to lie. But if Trevor Murdoch has a hope in the world of even being able to emerge, to even if having to stand a chance of winning this thing, he is going to have to set that emotion aside. Go back to back for the attack. Very emotional World's Heavyweight Championship match between Nick Aldis and Aaron Stevens. And what did Nick Aldis say leading up to that match? He said, I respected Josephus. I love Josephus. All the, the weight of, and the emotion, all that is weighing on all of us. But when the bell rings, that will stop. All that will be put to the wayside. And I'm going to go out and do what I've been able to do for now. What is it? Today's 948 days. And that is you know, represent this company with class, honor, prestige, and at the absolute highest level, putting everything to the side, sacrificing everything, friendships, relationships, time with family, everything, you know, going out, hanging out with your boys, everything to represent this, 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 this company. And can Trevor do that? That's the question. And right now, the assessment of the champion, and I have no reason to doubt him, it's that, no, he's not ready to do that. He's not ready. And he says it early. He says, he says it early on. He says, look, I learned the lessons of Harley better than Trevor did, right? How long has Trevor, uh, Trevor Murdoch been around? He'd been around for a minute. But Nick Aldis is the world's champion. It is Nick Aldis that carries on the legacy of Harley Race. Has 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 Nick Aldis found his Dusty Rhodes? Do you feel like? I mean, I'm curious about that. I mean, I saw that a lot. This was like people were comparing it to like Flair and Dusty. I I, I loved that comparison. I think uh, I think this very much has the potential for being a uh, a Dusty Flair type rivalry. Although I think Tim Storm, you know, I know that there's the stipulation with Storm too, but Storm to me that's a that's a very close. It's very close to that. It has a very similar feel as well. Uh, this seems like kind of like a Flair Magnum type rivalry where Flair had come out to Magnum and said, Magnum, look at you. You don't look like a world champion. You ride on 
on motorcycles and you wear those uh, those dusty jean jackets where a champion has to be a diplomat and a statesman. So this this has uh, that, that kind of feel to me that, uh, you know, Trevor Murdoch is a guy we all like to cheer for. He's an emotional favorite. You know, he, he's going to be the, the, the blue collar man's uh, rallying point. But is he ready to be the champion? Is he ready to be the one who's going to be able to take it and, and take this championship and crown all over the world as all this has done? And that question, I've not seen anything in Murdoch up to this point that shows me he's ready to rein in the emotion, rein in that edge that in so many cases throughout the sports history has inhibited a person from rising to that top point and that top level. I've not seen that yet. He's going to have to demonstrate that to me. Right now, we get to June 6th. The bell rings. Nick Aldis goes in, does what he did against Mims tonight, lays it all aside, executes perfectly. Like he said a couple of weeks ago, I know the difference between good and great, and when I'm good, I'm ticked off because I want to be great. I guarantee you in that night, regardless of what's going on, regardless of, of – how the deck was stacked against Nick Aldis and strictly business throughout this entire season of power, regardless, Nick Aldis is going to show up ready to execute, ready to be great, not good, but great. And when he emerges at the end of that, uh, that, that night hashtag, or as the kids like to say these days, pound sign and steal. Uh, great speech doc. Uh, we just want to quickly remind everybody again, we are from This Is Pro Wrestling. If you're just joining us for the first time, we'd love it if you go over to youtube.com slash this is pro wrestling and subscribe to our channel over there. We have conversations like this every single week uh, where Rob and Will just go at each other just constantly. Or maybe it's me. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, anyway. So, uh, and also to the chat room, thank you so much, everybody who's here right now. Go ahead and throw your comments in there that you want us to shout out live here on the post show. We want to hear what you guys think about this. What do you think about the stuff that Doc's saying or that Will has said or I've said or any of it? Give us your thoughts on NWA Power tonight or what you think is going to happen at When Our Shadows Fall on June 6th on Fight TV. You can go get that pay-per-view right now. You don't want to miss this one. We already know there's going to be an epic World's Heavyweight Championship match. But I'd love to see you guys in the chat. Tell us what your predictions are for other matchups. What do you? What else do you think we're going to see at when our shadows fall? Will, do you think there's any fallout from the business that's been happening with Strictly Business as far as the uh, chess pieces moving around? And it, uh, you know, Tom Latimer and Chris Adonis potentially had a uh, tag team title match that they by suggestion of Nick Aldis gave up. Chris Adonis tonight relinquishes the national championship and uh, enters a battle royal that he loses. So therefore it looks like is losing his number one contendership. Yeah. I mean, there's gotta be some fallout. I mean, and we've got, you know, a couple of weeks now until the pay-per-view uh, kind of a little bit of breather leading up to it. So there, I mean, something's going to have to happen. I don't think they're just going to, skip over this i mean we've got a vacated national title and uh yeah so a lot of loose ends to tie up here all right well doc i think you've got us together i mean going out of this season of this is uh this the season of uh nwa power sorry um i'm sure you've got some updated rankings that we could take a look at and uh our own personal this is pro wrestling power rankings here uh, for the NWA, I'd love to see what you got there. 
Yeah, and, and I want to point out too, uh, you know I'm not a fan of the Battle Royal, but I did want to mention that what a remarkable season of power this has been. And when you look at the talent gathered in that Battle Royal ring, you're like, man, the NWA is back, baby. The NWA is back, you know. And so let's go look at our, our, our rankings. Uh, let's see. It looks like we might have some connectivity issues with, with Will. Um, let me see here. Well, let, let me let me throw this up. We'll start out with our tag teams. All right. All right. First of all, did that work there, Gary? Yes, sir. It's up. Okay. All right. So let's look at our tag team rankings. Uh, still your world tag team champions, obviously number one spot, Stevenson Kratos. The War Kings had been number one contender. They had won that uh, qualifying match, but by virtue of their loss, they're going to drop down to number three. And guess what? Strictly business right there back, knocking on the door of, of, of tag team championship glory. So y'all can talk all you want about, oh, he gave up this and they gave up this shot. But now according to our metrics, which are scientific, Adonis and Latimer now sit as your number one contenders to the tag team championship. Number four, Mims and Boogie. We've not seen them in a few weeks, but that's by virtue of the fact that they're 1-0. And Sal and Tim Storm are also 1-0. They're not a, a conventional tag team, but they are undefeated in the tag team division. So that is our tag team rankings. Now, how would the War Kings be above those guys? I mean, just uh, just by nature of like how many matches they've had? I think by 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 virtue of the fact that prior to tonight they were the number one contender, and so it doesn't therefore make sense that you drop you know more than a spot or two. If we mm -hmm. want to be scientific, you know, they, and, and let's remember yeah. who they lost to. They lost to the World Tag Team Champions. So it's not like they lost to to you know me and you, Gary. <laughs> I don't think that would happen. <laughs> No. Speaking of tag teams that aren't on the same page, <laughs> we're like we're we're the we're like the free birds, the fabulous free beards. Remember? <laughs> All right, let's look at the let's look at the men's division. I don't think we're going to see anything controversial here. Well, yeah, there, we're going to see something controversial here, or something that should not be at least. Nick Aldis sitting at two zero and one. Um, Azure, that's that's two zero and one. Uh, as a as a no decision, I believe uh, Nick Aldis, uh, your real world's champion, coming in uh, because of the fix and because of the collusion going on in the in the top offices of the NWA. Trevor Murdoch wins this crapshoot and emerges as the number one contender. Uh, the Pope is your other singles championship title holder as TV champion. Uh, he is uh, three wins away from uh, from triggering that lucky seven rule, and he's at your number three contendership. Uh, a spot Tyrus uh, undefeated so far 2-0-1 sits at number four and Chris Adonis who uh, should have been if, the, if it weren't for the battle royal stipulation and this and that should have been your number one contender he vacates the championship the national championship for the good of the company for the good of the integrity of the of the of the uh, of the world's championship and for really the integrity of the entire company and by doing so by virtue of uh, uh, being eliminated here he's going to drop below an undefeated Tyrus and a individual title holder in Pope, and now he sits at number five in the rankings. I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Well, it's definitely interesting uh, from my perspective. Uh, it is. It looks like, I mean, one of the things that stands out to me is by hook or by crook, the Pope is working his way to Nick Aldis in that real-world heavyweight championship. I mean, if it's by the lucky seven rules or just by working himself up through the rankings naturally, he is uh, – 
he is he is gunning for that title. You can feel it. So um, now Tyrus right there below him is obviously going to try to be a uh, a speed bump on that path, I guess. Right. And so yes. now, go ahead, go ahead, Will. I'm sorry. I mean, it's definitely the biggest shakeup we've had in the men's rankings this season. Um, seeing such a big jump, you know, Adonis dropping so many spots and Trevor Murdoch jumping up to number two. So it's definitely made things interesting here in the uh, season finale. All right. And going to um, the women's rankings, this seems to have gotten a lot of interest in social media and in the chat, uh, that fabulous match between Camille and Thunder Rosa. But we do not have a shakeup uh, in, in, in the rankings here because that match did end as a, as a draw. Serena Deeb sitting uh, uh, at the top as the current holder of the Burke, that uh, very prestigious uh, women's world's championship, the most prestigious on earth. Uh, and number two, still, I'm assuming the NWA is still going to acknowledge her as number one contender. Of course, these days with, with all the stuff we've seen, I have no clue that that's going to be the case. But as far as I'm concerned, she's still the number one contender. Thunder Rosa sitting right behind her. Fantastic match. Um, genocide sitting at one and two at number four, and then Alex Gracia rounding out the top five uh, at zero and one. All right. Now, are you going to start these rankings over again, like after the pay per view? I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I think that we could just build on them. You know, we uh, we it had been a long time since we'd seen uh, seen a uh, uh, NWA. Uh, action in the ring and and with uh back for the attack that was kind of an opportunity for us to recalibrate and i think we just continue to build from there yep and uh again these rankings aren't official rankings they're just us going through based on win loss record and some other factors kind of deciding on what we think the rankings would look like were we uh getting to secure the statistics and really get into it um let's go to the chat let's talk to some of you guys and see what you're thinking out there uh, Magnitude thinks Nick Aldis is the best champion. And uh, he says uh, Murdoch is not championship, is not a championship caliber athlete. So uh, somebody on your side there, Doc. Uh, you also got 3SV1333 saying Murdoch's a chump. So mm. lots of uh, lots of anti-Murdoch Murdoch feeling there in the chat room. Uh, Front row saying, will we see a triple threat between Thunder Rosa, Camille, and Serena Deeb at the pay-per-view? That seems like a possibility. What, what do you guys think on that one? I mean, as it stands right now, that would be a, a feasible um, option. I'm personally not a huge fan of triple threats, especially when there's a title involved. I like to see one-on-one uh, -on -one or two-on-two, -two, obviously, if it's a tag team uh, title. Um, but you know, I can see the NWA at this point saying, okay, we've tried to resolve this Camille Thunder Rosa thing. And Rob, to your point earlier, even about the rankings, uh, you know, not to sound like I'm part of the collusion or anything like that, but, um, you know, the match tonight was to reset the number one contendership and it ended in a draw. So I wouldn't be completely shocked if as it stands right now, Camille is not the number one contender this is still unresolved or if to your point, they just want to revert back to, you know, the standings before this match, then that would make sense. But if not, I mean, front row's got a great point. I mean, that's a, that's a feasible um, way to resolve this, I suppose. We don't want to leave out poor Ryan Romano says he's been saying that for weeks, people. <laughs> I mean, he's a genius. So you got to listen to Ryan. Um, let's see here. 
Eric Dale says, Doc, you're full of it. Strictly Business has disrespected the tag titles and the national championship. So, Rob, not everybody's a fan of, of your thoughts. I love I love Eric Dale. I respect his opinion. We're just not going to see eye to eye on this. Yeah. Uh, someone is going to be competing for that international championship at Shadows Fall. Opportunities abound. People asking about that. Uh, Scooby pointing out it could be in season the next season we get a national title tournament or something. So all of that's a possibility. What would you what would you guys like to see happen with the national title if if we've really let Adonis just relinquish it here? Uh, I, I'm a, I mean, I think, um, you know, the best way to maintain continuity, I hate breaks and championship reigns. Uh, I think that disrupts the linealness of things. And the best way to resolve that is through a tournament. Uh, what will probably happen is they'll do some kind of weird thing, like a battle Royal or some stuff like that. You know, that's the, that, that's the indications here lately. Uh, but, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully some cooler minds can prevail upon president William Patrick Corgan to say, look, this championship should be the only number one contendership to the most prestigious prize on earth. We gotta, we gotta put together a uh, a, a battle royal, and your number one seed must be Chris Adonis. Hmm. That's an interesting thought, Will. You have any thoughts on that? Uh, no, I love a good tournament. I, I, I would be down for that. I think that's a great way to to uh, resolve something like this. Um, I think there's a lot of great contenders right now uh, in the NWA that could really uh, go after a title like the national title. And um, I think, you know, seeing opportunity be put out there for uh, a tournament and, you know, having definitive winners working their way up, having to beat some, some uh, stiff competition to get to that point. I think that's, you know, one of the best ways to, to crown a champion. Totally agree. I, I love tournaments too, so I'm all for that. And it gives you something to look forward to on the next pay-per-view, like maybe you even get to the finals there at the pay-per-view. But uh, what was it, NWA 70, where they had the uh, two four-man battles for the national title when they mm-hmm. first introduced it? Very That's interesting. right. 3SV wants Odinson on a solo run. That'd be kind of fun. Well, I want to see you know, the end. It, you, you ref you reference NWA seventy. I mean, wasn't wasn't Mike Perro a part of that national title? He was uh, picture at that point, so he might have some some unfinished business with that title as well. Yeah, that's an excellent point there. All right, well, uh, guys, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this thing up. We've had fun hanging out with you all, and uh, thank you so much for everybody who tunes in. Again, we're at this uh, at TIPW show on all the social medias from a show called This Is Pro Wrestling. You can find us at youtube.com slash this is pro wrestling or at any of those social links or on your favorite podcast app. We're available. Uh, that's Will Martin. This is Dr. Stinson. This is Gary Horn. And uh, we're happy to be here and happy to hang out with fellow fans of the National Wrestling Alliance. And uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going down, a lot of questions still yet to be answered about when our shadows fall on June 6th. So if you haven't already ordered that pay-per-view, I'd suggest doing it. It's going to be huge. And I think if, if, if what I'm hearing is true, we'll hear more as the week goes along and uh, going into next Tuesday. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's more that's going to be announced. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to uh, throw in there? 
Just, uh, just again, uh, as Gary said, make sure you go to our other socials. Uh, we're at uh, TIPW Show and everything, including TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube. We really value those subscriptions on YouTube. Uh, we're trying to get that uh, that number up so we can uh, do things like monetize and improve our infrastructure and 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 buy neat things and stuff like that and help. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding. I'm I'm kidding. We're really just uh, uh, our interest. Sports car. <laughs> We're trying, we're trying to, to build better this community, internet. man, and uh, and uh, so if you can uh, help us spread the word, man. If you guys like uh, uh, respectful, um, interesting, and and uh, and good conversation all the time. Again, we uh, not everybody here is going to agree with everybody. Obviously, you see us disagree just about every week, but we still love each other. We're still brothers. We still love you guys, our brothers and sisters in the chat that may not see things in the correct way as I do. Um, but uh, we still we, we respect you nonetheless, and it's okay to disagree with somebody uh, and still respect them. So uh, please sort support us on our other social media networks and uh, uh, particularly YouTube if you're able to. We'll be back Sunday night, I think, and uh, and we'll be able to uh, to hang out. That's more of an informal show where we just talk about broad topics. Definitely, we'll still with an NWA focus, uh, but we look forward to seeing you then. As Eric Dale points out. When our shadows fall, June 6th, and it's possible by the end of that show, Camille may potentially be the only champion in Strictly Business. Very interesting. Nice little jab mm -hmm. there at the end. Eric Dale had to throw that out there. But anyway, thank you guys for hanging out with us. We'll see you next week. Until then, enjoy your gravy cake.